This is the Top 25 Rundown, and here's your host, Alan West. Good evening and welcome to the Top 25 Rundown, presented by the Sportscast. Today is December 27, 2023. If you haven't yet, please subscribe on all your channels, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, and Apple Podcasts. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review to help us out tremendously. We are also on DAB Digital Radio. You can listen to us on your smart speaker, play Sportscast. Visit us on the Sportscast.net. Also follow us on Twitter, the Sportscast One, and check out our app, the Sportscast, the RS App Store. Hello, my name is Alan West. Welcome to the Top 25 Rundown. Hopefully, everyone had a good Christmas and, uh, or one of the other holidays, whether it be Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or one of the other ones. And hopefully you've enjoyed it and we're uh, getting ready for the new year to start. Now, I don't know if you've been watching the bowl games, but we've had some pretty good ones this year. Some have been close, while others... Frankly, there have been some beatdowns. So, I mean, since we talked last, we've had the roof claim book or tumble where South Carolina shut out Syracuse, South Florida, sorry. Shut out Syracuse forty-five to nothing. We had the Union Home Mortgage, Gasparilla Bowl, where Georgia Tech beat UCF. Georgia Tech thirty to uh, seventeen. All right. We had the Birmingham Bowl where Duke beat Troy 17-10. Then we had the Camellia Bowl where Northern Illinois beat Arkansas State 21-19. That game they were going for two and it, uh, Arkansas State, once they went for it, they tried for the onside kick. That did not work because there was a flag and then Northern Illinois was able to recover the second onside kick. And that was the end of the game. Let's joined. We have Chris Carlow. How are we doing What's tonight, up, sir? Doing good. How are you? Doing good. Unfortunately, I thought I was going to have a few others on. They kind of bailed on me. I'm hoping Bob will join a little bit later, but... Well... Okay. I appreciate that you were able to make it on, and uh, your prediction so far, I'm still rolling with you, because, I mean, I'm hoping those Huskies going to take it, all right? I'm seriously, that's what I'm hoping. I'm making that pick on the uh, bowl mania that I had sent you before, so I am uh, figure that for this week, I'm going to make the predictions for the week games that are coming up for this week, and then... Have you noticed anything since last week? Not only just, I know we had signing day come in, 
But I know, uh, you know what? We got one more person about to join us too. But uh, have you had any big notice so far for uh, different situations, like uh, for different players? I know for Florida State, you just had Keon Coleman go into the draft. Had twenty players so far that have either entered the portal or gone to the draft before their game against Georgia. So I mean, I'm curious to see what happens in regards to that. And also, we have Tyler Turner joining us as well. So uh, the Pac-12 conversation I wanted last time, Chris, when you were on, I may get to have that talk this time. How fitting uh, as we wind down this bowl season. These are the last Pac-12 games in conference history. I mean, uh, I don't know if you're watching the bowl game that's happening right now between USC and Louisville. I am. It's uh, you got to tip your cap to Lincoln Riley. He had this kid ready to play obviously he already broke the holiday bowl record for yards and mm -hmm. touchdown passes so that's pretty phenomenal right no one knew who this guy was until tonight <laughs> at least i did exactly no, i agree about that uh, well, you know Tyler, I'll get you on in for a minute. But uh, just for how that, because I was thinking the exact same thing because we even heard about this guy and all of a sudden <clears throat> five touchdowns already. I mean, I know that the commentators just a few minutes ago were joking about um. The Heisman winner who, but still, it just, it's incredible because it means it for the future, unless he goes in the transfer portal, they they could definitely be on the right, uh, right, right track for next year, which they could definitely use it. Yeah, and a lot of people speculated they'd be bringing in a transfer QB. Um, they haven't yet. I think uh, a few have taken visit, visits, uh, the K-State quarterback among them. But, uh, you know, I get it. It's bowl, bowl games are not real life. Unless you're in the football playoff, this is just not reality for a lot of these teams. You're missing so much personnel. But five touchdowns is five touchdowns. You know, yes, sir. Doesn't happen by accident. And I, th I think USC is just an easy target. Um they, they fell flat on their face this year, did not come close to their expectations. Really, they didn't last year either, you know, with Caleb winning, uh, winning the Heisman. Um, yep. But let's not forget that, you know, this this coach has put how many QBs in a row into the NFL and quite a few Heisman trophy winners. Uh, he knows what he's doing. So if, if he's going to roll out with this kid, uh, I think Miller Moss is his name. Yeah, I trust him. I get it. He might want some insurance going into the Big Ten, new conference, new teams, new schedule, and all those other teams that are going in uh, with the Trojans are kind of in the same boat. But 
this this is quite an audition for number seven. I mean, I've, it is fair to say that in a way I'm blown away just with how good he already is doing right now. Is that fair to say? Like I said, uh, bowl games are hard to really uh, take a lot from, but, you know, I think some of it is 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 legit, you know, that, that many yards, that many touchdown passes. He put that last one where – right on the money you know that was a beautiful mm -hmm. time so yeah I, I think if you're lincoln riley you want this kid on the roster next year regardless of what happens in the transfer portal. absolutely just because uh well i mean just for florida state how the uh tate rodemaker you thought that he was going to play in the bowl game then you just find out he went in the transfer portal and it's just that's a not shame. Really, not really sure why he waited as long as he did. Uh, it's, it was no secret that they were looking at Cam Ward, DJU, and mm -hmm. you know we're gonna definitely be hitting the train. I mean, he's he's done it at every other position um, using the transfer portal. So I don't think you know Tate had any reason to to think that it wouldn't happen. Um, you know, I just. I wish the timing was a little better and I have no idea where he thinks he's going. Um, it, wherever he does land, I think it'll certainly be a step down from his situation at Florida state. hundred percent. You know, regardless if they were going to bring in, in a new QB, this, this coaching staff has rolled with him multiple times now in his career when Travis went down and had success with him. So, I wish he would have just stuck it out. Um, maybe that's a little selfish on my part, but, you know, getting into that game, which I'm sure we'll do, mm -hmm. I, I, I fail to see what, you know, how that would maybe change the result, you know, depending on who Georgia ends up having available in that game. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'd, I'd rather have Rodemaker than, than Brock Glenn. Uh, that was a very green performance out of him in the ACC title game, and I, I don't see it changing, you know, against Georgia. Yeah. Real quick, let me see if I can bring Tyler back and see if he is. Uh... Hey, Tyler, you hear us? Yeah, I've been yeah, I've been here for like five ten minutes. <laughs> okay, now just uh. I know you were a little busy with your son, so that was why I was just trying to give you a minute. So right. glad, glad to get you on, bud. And uh, the two, the the high water mark for the Pac-12. And what are your thoughts about that, Tyler? Because I know I that was, was able to have it's Chris about, talk about it last about time. What? Thoughts about what? the end of the Pac-12. What's my thoughts about the end of the Pac-12 conference? Yeah. Um, I think that's been covered before. I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's over. So move on. Got got a uh, new season next year. And you've uh, obviously some new teams in the Big Ten and new teams in the uh, Big 12. And 
and, and ACC also added a couple. So definitely, definitely, uh, yeah, three times ahead. So looking forward ahead. You guys think that Florida State is going to be able to get out of the ACC within the next two years? Well, oh, I have no idea. They definitely don't seem like they're very happy, but yeah, not sure how that all turns out. What do you think, Chris? I think it's it's definitely what they're shooting for, right? Like they they mm-hmm. want out, and they're making the legal steps uh, to figure out financial. How do we lose Chris? How to achieve this? Yeah, and yeah. I think they're going to draft. Am I back? Hmm? If you're back. Yeah. Okay. So I think that that's what they're shooting for, getting out in the next two years. Um, they're they're doing you know, the legal side of things to figure out what the buyout would be or financial ramifications for getting out. Um, and I think that's their goal, you know. And I think once that they have. You know, the, the facts laid out of how to, you know, get out of the ACC, that, that's when they can start being courted by the Big Ten. Hopefully an offer is made to make it a landing spot. for them. Yeah, that's what I've heard either the Big Ten or the SEC, but I really think that just the uh, disappointment for how the playoff went and just how the ACC kind of – it felt like they kind of didn't do anything, which you would hope that your conference would try to uh, boost you up or at least put in a word like, hey, they won our conference. I don't think the reason why they're leaving has anything to do with that, though. It mostly has okay. to do with the fact that the ACC is just not going to be bringing in the same kind of money as the Big Ten and the SEC. I mean, just one year not making the playoff. They're not going to make a big decision like leaving the ACC. More about the long-term impact of the TV deals. And the Big Ten and SEC is just bringing in a lot more money. So, And Florida State obviously wants to be part of that. You could say that maybe the final straw. What, I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know that. You don't, you don't make a decision to completely move conferences and sue the conference just based upon um, not making the playoffs. It, it, that just happened to be what you know, an unfortunate situation where Jordan Travis was hurt and the committee didn't think that they were one of the four best teams, which I agree with. Um, yeah, I do not leave the conference because of that. Yeah, I mean, we'll just see how it goes, but I'm going uh, to keep my fingers crossed. So I'm looking at the slate of the games for this week. And do you guys want to go through every game that we have, or you want to just uh, hit the games in the playoff? Hmm. I mean, I could talk a little bit. I don't have a ton of time, but I could talk a little bit about, like, the Liberty-Oregon game. All right. Since I'm going to be there, I'm actually covering it. So Nice. That's right. I remember you were talking about that. I was uh, I'm definitely curious. House divided for you, though? You mean for myself? Yeah. Or between me and my wife? Oh, she. No, I, I, no, no, I'm, yeah, she went to Liberty with me. No, I'm rooting for Liberty. But okay. it's one of those that, um, 
Oregon would have to play an extremely poor game. Because, I mean, I watch every Oregon game. I have them on the sidelines for almost every Liberty game at home. And I'm just not seeing how – I'm trouble – I've had trouble adding – two plus two together and equally four to Liberty winning. I mean, it'd have to be a very, very poor, poor outing by Liberty. They'd have to have a, have a very uninspired effort. They'd have to have a lot of turnovers. Um, and, and I just haven't seen that from Oregon all year. So, yeah, I'm rooting for Liberty, but I'm just, I'd just be happy with the cover. <laughs> yeah, just don't get killed out there. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think it's a pretty, pretty massive talent discrepancy between those two teams. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm wondering if Bo's going to play. That's what I'm so curious about. Yeah. He is. No, he, he is playing. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's what, like, if Bo wasn't playing, especially since Ty Thompson, actually the backup transferred, you'd they'd be playing a true freshman in Austin Novosad. And then things could be a little bit interesting. But the right. fact that Bo's playing, Bucky Irving's playing, their best defensive player, Brandon Dorless, is playing, means that the, the seniors decided, hey, we want to come back and play in the Fiesta Bowl and finish the season off, you know, despite the disappointment of losing the Pac-12 championship and not making the playoffs, we want to finish it off and win this. Um, just shows that I believe Liberty – sorry, Oregon's going to show up. And, like, I mean, just to break it down, like, at the line of scrimmage, Oregon's very good at the line of scrimmage. Um, Liberty's not. The defensive line is, is pretty average, to be honest with you, even for Conference USA. They did not get a bunch of pressure, even in conference. They actually, I think, were, like, fifth, and there's only nine teams in Conference USA, at sacks and quarterback hurries and negative plays. Um, most of their defense was based around being very opportunistic in the defensive backfield. They had a pretty good defensive backfield. Um, Kobe Singleton, uh, the Bolden kid that actually ended up transferring to Colorado is a good player. Reese, they have some, they have some good secondary guys, but they have to get pressure on Knicks and they haven't done it in Conference USA. So I just don't know how they're going to be able to do that against one of the better offensive lines in college football. And then and then probably to get pressure, they'd have to bring an extra man, which is going to leave the middle of the field open. Uh, think Terrence Ferguson, the all-pack 12 tight end. Think Bucky Irvin, Jordan James. I, I just think they're going to have a really hard time stopping them. Uh, now, I do think uh, um, Jimmy Call is a very, very good play caller. Um, uh, Caden Salter is a really dynamic player. He is going to probably be able to do some things with his feet. Um, I think he could probably make some plays down the field. They might be able to run the ball pretty good. Like Liberty on offense is pretty good. Like they have a good offensive line. Uh, um, uh, Cooley and Lucas are two solid backs. Uh, CJ Daniels is one of the best uh, receivers in the group of five. Um, two solid tight ends, uh, Hanshaw and uh, Henderson. Uh, I, I think they will be able to, and I still think Oregon's defense, while very, very much improved, they obviously showed in their two losses to to Washington that 
you know, you, you know, you probably still can get him with a with a good quarterback play and some good some dynamic skill guys. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to get him enough. I just see this being like a like a thirty eight to like fourteen at halftime. Then maybe Oregon just like sits all the starters, and then it ends up rounding out to like you know I don't know forty eight to. 31 something like that and that maybe gives them a cover so i think it's going to land about 17 and a half but uh i i, I that's kind of what my hope is um i, I like i said I, i'd love if liberty could pull off this upset finish undefeated it's just a huge 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 uh accomplishment for the program and they're gonna be good next year like they'll be one of the favorites for the the automatic bid in the playoffs because of re- the returning salter and Daniels and a lot of these good skill guys on offense. So, I mean, the reason we're good next year. Um, so it'd be nice for them to show, hey, we're, we're competitive. And um, by the way, Miller Moss, jeez. Um, he's having a, <laughs> a heck of a game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of my uh, rundown on it, of how I think things are going to go. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I mean, without knowing the, the Liberty roster like you do, um, I certainly know the Oregon one, and I think you hit the nail on the head. If, if Liberty tries to spy Knicks or does anything that's going to leave the middle of the field open, uh, they're going to get eaten alive by, you know, both backs and, and Ferguson. I think Oregon showed this year, like, if there is a talent gap between them and whoever they're playing, they just yeah. bury you. Like yeah. they just they play murder ball with all the Pac twelve teams that they had this huge talent gap over and you know, just came up short twice when there was, you know, relative, you know, mismatches at the skilled position that I don't think Liberty is gonna have at wide receiver. Um and then there's still so many players that are, are not opting out of this game for Oregon. I think Troy Franklin's really the only one of note that's not going to play in this game, and I don't think they're going to need him. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, the Remington award-winning center, he's not playing either. Not playing um, but, but, but uh, yeah, you made a good point. I was doing uh, – I was looking at, like, when they have a, a significant talent advantage under Dan Lanning, I believe they are – yeah, I think it's like 21, and the only team they lost to in his two years that they didn't have that was not as talented a team was that Oregon State loss, where Oregon State came back by like 21 in the fourth quarter. But other than that, their losses have been to Washington and Georgia, and every other team that they have been more talented than. Not only have they beaten um, in the his in the 21 victories, I think other than like three games 18 of them were by double digits and in a lot of cases by like 20 plus points so yeah that's a that is a that that is definitely um am i there yeah okay yeah. My, my my headphones that i was disconnected um but yeah that's another thing it's just like when they've been better than people they they slam them it, it's actually I just wish that when they're well, obviously Georgia, that was that was kind of an anomaly. But you know, like we didn't get to talk. That's right, we didn't get to talk about that Washington Oregon game, did we? Exactly. No. That's why. That, <laughs> oh yeah, that's I, why had I, I had chicken. I had chicken. 
Yeah, I had chicken pox. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I got really sick. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just think Kalen DeBoer has outcoached him all three games. I think Washington kind of got a little lucky the first time when Bo Nix hurt, his, hurt himself in the game at Austin. Like, I think Oregon was going to win that one. But the last two, I, I just think Kalen DeBoer outcoached him, especially the second game. And the third game, like, Oregon just came out flat. It was just so weird. I was actually supposed to be at that game. And I had to cancel because I had chicken pox. But, uh, but yeah, it, the only time that Oregon has been just outcoached. And then Jonathan Smith, you could say, outcoached him too. So, and a couple times, Blanding's been outcoached, to be honest with you. But other than that, yeah. they just uh, put the stomping on them. On teams that are just not as good, so. And obviously, Oregon's going to be uh, pretty talented next year. So I'm assuming they'll, and they'll, yeah, they'll probably make playoff next year because it's a 12 team playoff because they'll stomp all the bad teams. And then, you know, hopefully they can take one of the, the, the games against the little better teams. I'm definitely curious to see how it's going to be when they join the Big Ten next year. And, uh, I mean, I mean, I think it's possible. I, I know it sounds crazy, but I, I was mm-hmm. looking at the roster in comparison. It is possible they might be a preseason favorite. Is that kind of a crazy thing to say? Nah, I say I, top three, top four, if not. If not. Look at the perennial favorites in that conference, and all of them are probably going to be reloading. Um, you know, Ohio mm. State will have a, a stacked roster, oh. but they're going to have a yeah. Well, but Michigan might be losing Harbaugh. I think there's a pretty good chance Harbaugh leaves. And J.J. McCarthy might be leaving because he's projected to go in the first and second. And mm-hmm. they lose pretty much their entire offensive line. So Michigan might not be as good. Um, Ohio State will obviously have ta- great talent like they always do, but who's going to be their quarterback? Yeah. And then Penn State still has an offensive issue. And they're losing some of those really talented defensive players, including and their all American tackle. And then, and then your your Huskies man, they're 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 losing some pretty good players. Um, yeah. Now DePore is a heck of a coach, but it, that's going to be hard to replace. And then who else is there? Uh, that's probably the spot. Uh, Wisconsin. Well, I mean, you can uh, kind of say them. Yeah. Yet. Um, and then USC can't after this year. You just, you know, obviously if Miller Moss plays like this, they could be a lot better next year. But yeah, I'd say the five that I mentioned. But the thing is, is Oregon brings in Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. And yeah. that's better than who anyone. I mean, Will Rogers is not is not bad, but who is Washington recruited at the skill positions to replace Induze, Polk, and well, McMillan might come back, but who, like, who, who have they, re- have they recruited anyone that can even complete, can compare to those guys? No, and I think that, you know, the, the way the transfer portal is, you know, uh, such a commodity that they'll definitely dip into that. You know, there's, they, yeah. I think they'll have Dylan Johnson back at running back, which kind of fits the mold of, of what you think a Big Ten running back should be. So, but they lose a ton. You know, there's no question about it. You know, as good as a coach as DeBoer is, like, 
when you're going to have to turn mm -hmm. over the majority of the roster, um, you know, there's going to be some growing pains. But the good thing about like the new 12 team playoff, if you finish in the top four of the big 10, you're probably in the playoff. Probably. yeah. Like SEC and big 10 will probably take up about eight of those spots. Maybe nine. I mean, yeah, you got the group. You got the group of five. The Big Twelve, they'll rarely get any more than one, and then the ACC maybe if you have a really good Miami, Clemson, you know, whatever combination. But I could totally see nine spots going to the SEC and Big Ten. So being a top four team in the Big Ten probably will get you in the playoffs right. more often than not. But. Yeah, I, I just think that Oregon, because of Dylan Johnson, uh, sorry, Dylan Johnson. I think Dylan, Dylan Johnson Gabriel. Come to Oregon. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> um, I mean, he's gonna. I mean, I don't know, don't know how he's not gonna be pretty successful. I mean, he's 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 been good everywhere he's gone, and he walks into a, a pretty good situation. So I think he has a pretty high floor. I, I don't know how high his ceiling is, but he was good this year. All was the All Big Twelve. Um, but he decided to leave because I think they have a pretty good kid in that Arnold kid. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's, that was a pretty good, pretty good deal. But yeah, Landon still has to win those close games against the better teams before I can say he's, you know, ready to win an Addy. But I mean that's definitely fair. It's gonna be uh, <clears throat> interesting to see that in the. Probably the reason Gabriel hit the portal this time is because he's uh he's got his grad year, so that way he'd be able to go without any repercussions anymore. So that's why I think he left Oklahoma. That and I mean uh since I got both of you on here, what did you think about National Signing Day last week? Kind of the usual suspects, to be honest. You know, Georgia flipped some some players. Uh, Ohio State held on to their class, especially that that wide receiver. And you know, you still got to have yet that high school recruiting pipeline be the lifeblood of your of your program, even with the transfer portal. So, you know, I think it was kind of like the status quo. the The transfer portal portal is what the great equalizer is nowadays, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um uh yeah, obviously a good day for Alabama and Georgia. Uh Oregon just uh is impressive. You know, they're able to actually, as of now, eke out a little better class than Ohio State, even though it's like almost the same. I think it's like four and five. But uh obviously a good first class for them in the Big Ten. Um who didn't do well? USC. See, yeah, USC, it wasn't just this year. It was the massive exodus of the portal of some former five stars, Corey mm -hmm. Foreman, Damani Jackson, Malachi Nelson, who was the heir apparent to um, Caleb Williams. He transferred out. And mm -hmm. then USC barely landed a top 20 class, which for USC is is really poor. So it's, it's kind of surprising how how marginal Riley has recruited and then obviously that mass exodus, their roster is going to, at least on paper, um, not look as good next year. And <laughs> USC was the last 
15 years has underperformed their talent. So I'd find it kind of shocking if that overperformed their talent. Um, so there were one that was disappointing. Uh, Michigan's another team that I just wonder if Harbaugh leaves, if they really take a step back because they're not quite recruiting at that top level. I think, I think they have about a 17th rated class right now. Mm-hmm. So USC and, and Michigan are two that I just wonder moving, well, USC moving to the new big 10, Michigan being part of the new big 10, are they going to be able to compete with, um, continue to keep people with Ohio state Oregon's recruiting really well. Um, the NLI for Oregon because of Nike is, is, is a literal thing. And if Lanning can win these close games, then, you know, like how will that be part of the power dynamic? And the SEC just continues to, uh, as a conference recruit, pretty whole Ole Miss actually did really good in the portal. Um, he landed Walter Nolan, the number one player. He landed Prince Amulia, uh, how to say his last name, really good defensive edge guy from Florida. Um, I actually think Ole Miss could make the, the playoff next year. Uh, if I had to predict I, I, that. I think they will. Yeah, if I had to predict the SEC right now, I'd probably say you got Georgia, Alabama, Texas. And then if you're looking for like one or two more spots, it's probably Old Miss, and, and you know LSU is the team that obviously has the talent. But wouldn't be surprised if Old Miss is the fourth team. And like I said, if you finish in the top four, you're going to make um, the college football playoffs. So that's a team to watch out for. And uh, you know Miami continues to recruit really well, top five class. Mario Cristobal is a heck of a recruiter. Now I, I said this on Twitter, and some people laughed, but I said. That guy could recruit a nun to a harlot house, but he can't recruit a grown man to knee. (laughs) (laughs) And and the thing is, he 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 he's just such a poor in-game coach. Is he ever going to get this good talent? He's going to have a top ten roster next year. I counted it. He's going to have like six five stars, seventeen top one hundred players, about. 60% 60% of his roster is going to be blue chip players. But is that going to end up in an ACC title or is it just going to end up in another nine and three, eight and four season with losses to teams like Wake Forest and Georgia Tech? Right. But he's recruiting good. Can't argue yeah, the recruiting. Yeah, yeah, he always has been. That was kind of a, a knock on him at Oregon too is some questionable in-game decisions, but yeah, the man can recruit. He just needs to be surrounded by some, you know, steady assistants that can reel him in on game day. That's another thing that I've always wondered about him at Oregon. It also has been the case at Miami. His assistants are a revolving door. Right. Like they, they go in, they quit, they get it, – it, is he really hard to work for? Is he just like this bulldozer that like overworks him in recruiting? I, I, I just, I, I have never been able to get my like, finger on Mario Cristobal as a head coach because in his, you know, was it four years at Oregon, two years at Miami? He was also coached for seven years at Florida International. He's always brought in really good players. He's even brought in some really good coaches, but the results have been, I think he's a lifetime, barely more than a 500 coach. Now, Florida International skews those numbers a little bit, 
but so far he's 14 and 14 at um no hold on sorry he's five and seven seven five so he's uh um 12 and 12 at miami so i don't know that's an interesting uh yeah. in three years i'll be interested to see how the Mario Cristobal Ball experiment has done at Miami. Is it just going to be a lot of really talented players that finish seven and five? Or does he finally get them over the hump? They win like an ACC title. They make the playoff. Who knows? Make some noise in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's curious. He's a curious study. But yeah, back to National Science Day, I thought it was, a, um, yeah, kind of like he said, kind of the usual suspects. Um, but definitely you saw uh, the Big Ten – like, uh, you know, in the past, it was like SEC just totally dominated National Signing Day. It was like such embarrassment to everyone else. But then this year, you know, with the additions of like, you know, USC, Washington, Oregon, and then even like Nebraska had a really good day. They flipped a five-star. Wisconsin landed a top 25 class. Uh, Michigan, Penn State, you know, had that top 20 level classes. You saw where the Big Ten definitely separated itself from everyone else, where there's really is going to be two two conferences. So, yeah, Rayola switching to Nebraska. I mean, it's just it's crazy how it you know played out, and you know when finally there at the very end when he's got to make a decision, then he's then he uh, switches, keeps it in family, but you know Georgia will be fine. Uh, just, I guess it's it's weird to see this mass exodus of some of the bigger programs that have, you know, this five stars stacked on top of five stars. That's not going to be the case anymore. These guys want to play, and you saw it at Ohio mm-hmm. State and Georgia. Like, so many five star and four star kids are are out, you know, and that that I guess is going to make these coaching staffs get creative on their depth. Because mm-hmm. you know, now when a guy gets hurt, you're not just plug and play with another best kid in the nation at his position. Now you gotta actually, you know, probably find a way to hold on to some of these guys or or you also use the transfer portal to your advantage. Well Sunday wasn't as good as uh third prime Dion in Colorado because he was able to Basically, get a whole new offensive line, and I think that for his signing day, if I looked on ESPN like three hundred on there, I want to say he was like in twenties at least for like his signing day, because he didn't really get a whole lot of uh, five stars, but it seemed like he made a lot more moves in the transfer portal. Yeah. yeah, um in the actual recruiting rankings, I don't even think he was top fifty because like for the recruits, like this is just high school recruiting, because he signed like five guys. He did sign five star Jordan Seaton, but his overall ranking they actually finished, I think it was twenty first, which was actually first in the Big Twelve. By the way, look at the Big Twelve. They're <laughs> the the rosters of the Big Twelve are gonna be significantly less talented. Um, but I think, but once again, I don't know a roster full of transfer portal guys. I have, I have yet to see that 
be successful. I think the most that I've the most successful coach to have a roster that had a significant amount of transfer portal guys is actually Mark Norvell's team this year for Florida State. Right. I think, and actually, you could say to to a certain extent, Kalen Kalen DeBoer, but even a lot of those guys were developed high school guys um, at Washington. But I still think you need to get about two thirds of your class from the recruiting rankings, and you develop them, and then you're just very good at targeting the right guys in the portal. Um, I, I just I don't know about Dion's like whole roster being transfer portal guys. And let's be honest, he got a bunch of hype, tons and tons of TV, media, like just went nuts. But he was four and eight. They won one lousy game in the Pac-12. They got their doors blown out by Oregon, Washington State. I mean, it was not a very good team. So if he's going to just keep on doing the same thing and bringing in new portal guys, and somehow these guys are going to – I mean, I guess he's in an easier conference now. I don't know. Wouldn't be shocked to see Colorado six and six next year. And some of this like hype for Dion kind of starts to really die down. I'm not trying to be like super negative. I, I just don't know about the, like this, mm-hmm. these huge portal classes and like tiny mm-hmm. recruiting classes. I, I, I just don't, it hasn't been that successful yet. So. No, you're being fair. And I mean, uh, watching the uh, game, USC just got a, a game clinching turnover, so where they're gonna run out the clock. So yep. this is a US... this is a big win for them. Yeah, I know they need it. In the same breath, saying some of these bowl games don't matter, but how many times have we seen USC have a disappointing year, go to a bowl and just roll over and lose to like Iowa in a yeah. bowl game? So this is big Bill for them. Lost to Tulane last year. Yeah, yeah, and that was with Caleb. So I think yep. this not only is a different result than what we're used to seeing out of them, uh, but they also found something in this new quarterback. So good for yep. them. And this is their last time we're in – same as UCLA last weekend. This is the last time you're going to see USC with that Pac-12 on the jersey. So ended on a high note, I guess. True. Now I wish I had I, to I, in this game, but it's okay. I do really wonder about USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. I just don't see these those rosters be. I I just don't see it being, unless there is. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see them having a great first couple of years. So it's just could be wrong. Um, I just I actually think. Oregon and Washington, even though Washington's losing a lot of people, and I don't think Washington's recruiting at a really high level, but I think Kalen DeBoer is such a good coach, and I think his teams will always be physical, um, that I can see those teams translating to the Big Ten. I, I just, I mean, do you do you see the same thing? Do you, do you yeah. see UCLA and USC in the Big Ten being successful the first couple of years? No, I, th- I think it'll be a massive culture shock in the way that especially Lincoln Riley's built this team going to some of these colder weather venues yeah. or teams that just want to bludgeon you to death. That's going to be, a, you know, it could be quite a wake-up call. But, man, like I said, <laughs> at least for this 
disaster of a season for them. It, it certainly ended on a high note tonight. I mean, and they needed that because the only thing that I would have wanted to see Caleb play just to see him one last time, but since they since he's projected like the number one pick, I can understand why he wouldn't play. So, right. and now he gave Moss his time to shine, which hey, there is nothing wrong with that. That and uh. Tyler, one thing I did want to make sure that we talked about uh, when when um, you, me, and Bob talked about the coaches, your uh, crystal ball was Mike Elko, and you were correct for A&M. <laughs> he was saying Dan Lanning. <laughs> That's what Bob said, yes. He's not. He's probably not going to join us tonight, but yeah, that was uh, – I got a laugh out of that, and so I thought about that once uh, Elko did sign with Texas A&M. Yeah. But exactly, I know both you guys probably have to run in a minute, so I did want to make sure that let's hit the uh, playoff real quick one more time because we have Alabama and Michigan, and we have Washington and Texas. For me, like I told uh, Chris, I'm picking Alabama over Michigan and Washington over Texas. And then I've got Washington winning the whole thing. No lies detected. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I want to, I think Saban is going to be the difference in the first game. It's just the second game. I want to see how DeBoer is able to go against Saban and just how it ends up. Because I feel like a lot of times when Alabama plays, they have a lot more weapons than who they play against. I I feel like it's going to be a really good matchup. That'd be crazy to see Alabama's secondary against Washington's passing. And I could be wrong about that. If so, I'm okay with that. But I just know last year I got in trouble for missing the ball drop because they were doing Ohio State had the kick that they missed (laughs) right at midnight. And so I had to explain to my daughter that we had to go to a different channel and rewind it so we could watch the ball drop, which I'm hoping never to have to go through that experience again. I think it uh, probably happened to quite a few people and they learned their lesson and now it's on uh, January 1st. But it'll still yeah, probably be I'm... ending around midnight. True, but it'll be instead of being on December 31st, it's kind of like uh, for the NFL, the Heidi game for the Raiders. Yeah. Which, a long time ago, but Tyler, who are you picking? Um, I, I think this year, more than any year in recent memory, um, I think it's kind of there, – there's a lot more parity in this four-team playoff. You know, like last year, I, I thought Georgia was just a lot better than everyone. Obviously, Ohio State ended up giving them a good semifinal game. But I, I really did think Georgia – and the year before, I definitely thought Georgia. 
with you know Alabama to upset them, and I and I thought Alabama had a had a had a chance, but I really thought those two were the best teams. And then the year before, I, I thought Alabama was by far the best team. They easily won it. It's just been for the most part, it's been kind of predictable. I think the last time was that year that it was. Um, actually, I thought LSU and Ohio State were going to play, and I thought that was going to be a great game. And then Ohio State ended up losing to Clemson, and that great LSU team blew Clemson off the field. But uh, this year, I can't say that you can like undeniably say one team is better than any. You know, they're all four pretty close. Like, I don't think it, you're wrong to say Washington or going to win it all or Texas is going to win it all or Alabama is going to win it all or Michigan is going to win it all. Um, I think the Michigan-Alabama matchup is interesting in that um, I do believe this is I, – I don't know if this is actually the best matchup for, for um, Alabama. Um, this is a very senior-laden team, very experienced team that loves to run the ball. And you can run the ball in this Alabama team. This Alabama team is a very, very good secondary. But Michigan, it doesn't throw the ball a ton. They're not that dynamic outside, but they can run. And can they keep them honest enough by throwing the ball that they can keep the run game going? Then um, – on defense, Michigan is pretty good on all levels, but they're very they really good at st- stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. And may, if, if they can stop the run and then make Milrow uncomfortable, will he be able to make the play plays necessary? Now, he has pretty good deep ball, but some of those intermediate throws he still struggles with. And Michigan, which is just pretty good on all levels of defense, could really give him some issues. I think it's a pretty good matchup for Michigan. I'm actually going to take Michigan. Uh, I just think the more senior-laden team and a pretty good matchup. Uh, I might come to regret that, but I'm going to take Michigan. Uh, Texas versus Washington. Um, They played last year in the Alamo Bowl. Um, I I think Texas is an extremely hot team right now, playing very good coming into this game. There are tons of dynamic players on – at the receiver position, and then you got a great defensive line. I think that's going to give Washington some trouble, and they might be able to get some pressure on Penix, and it causes some real issues. Uh, but this whole year, Washington has figured out how to win. And sometimes it's looked ugly and terrible. But then sometimes, you know, they've just beaten some really good teams like Oregon twice. Um and I just think somehow they figure out how to win that game. And I think it's not even the best matchup, but it doesn't really matter. They, they figure out how to win. Um, I, I don't know if Oregon seemed like the best matchup. They figured it out to win. And I think actually Oregon and Texas are kind of similar in their in their talent makeup. Um, and then I guess it, it, right now, I mean, it just seems like Washington has figured out a way to win. Could they figure out a way to win the national title? Or is this like the last hurrah tour for Jim Harbaugh with a senior-laden team, experienced quarterback, and they're able to pull out the natty? 
I don't really know where I'm going to go with that one. Let me think on it. But I think it's Michigan versus Washington for the national title. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I think that's that's if I, I told Alan that we had to go back to the preseason show we did. And I know I had three of these. Well, Florida State didn't make it, but can't fault me yeah. there. <laughs> but I had yeah. Michigan versus Washington for the title. So, you know. You did? I, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I said we'd lose to Michigan. <laughs> and who do you, who are you picking now to win it? Washington? Yeah, I, I think that the thing about Michigan that scares me in their matchup against Alabama, besides all the obvious of Saban and the team just being, you know, built for this and they've been there a million times, the Big Ten, I feel like we don't know how good that conference really was this year because there is just a lot of horrific offenses and then they only had to beat, you know, really it was like a one-game season. I don't even know if I'd put Penn State anywhere near the tier of Michigan and Ohio State. So it really just came down to Michigan versus Ohio State, same as it was last year. And, you know, uh, that just kind of scares me is, is – is Michigan really going to be up to the task of playing a team that is unlike anything they faced all year? Like even in Ohio state, I feel like Alabama has, you know, such a better defense, um, a better quarterback for sure. You know, Kyle McCord is nowhere near yep. Dale Mil Milrow. Um, and they, they, but the thing is they can't do what Georgia did. You know, do not try to spy Milrow. You you got to bring the house on him or bring pressure, or at least make him uncomfortable. And you, when you start giving him time to go through his reads and decide whether to take off or not, that's when mm -hmm. he's going to kill you. So I, I think Michigan is, like you said, though, that this is not the matchup that Alabama would have preferred in the first game. I think that, you know, they obviously, I mean, I'm, they probably want to play Washington. You know, when you look at how those teams yeah. are, are, are yeah. built, mm -hmm. the, the, the gaps are noticeable in how they would win that game. Yeah, I don't like Alabama versus Washington through Washington. Yeah. I, I don't I love that game. Um, the last time then, we played, yeah, it, we don't have the defense that we brought to the team, the game last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, if I was going to hypothetically run, yeah, we, I could do that. Like, I don't like Alabama versus Washington, I would pick Alabama. Alabama versus Texas. The thing is, is I it's tough to beat teams twice, but Washington just did it to Oregon. But <laughs> and I kind of the thing is, is Texas is really good on the defensive line, so that gave right. Milrow all kinds of problems. So that's kind of a tough matchup for Alabama. I maybe would take Texas twice if it was Texas versus Michigan. It just seems like Michigan with that senior late, and that, that's what I'm wondering. It's just like they seem to be a team that overcame so much adversity that it would just be right. so fitting to win the national title. Making the college, the college football playoffs for the third year in a row. You know, a lot of these guys have been here. This is their third time. They might be last or off for them. Sorry, my throat. Um, Jim Harbaugh, maybe his last raw. It just seems like is it Michigan's time to win it? But then you look at the Washington team that just seems kind of like destinies follow them. 
And I think Kayla DeBoer is just such a such a great coach that um, it's almost like you'd fully enjoy defeating Harbaugh and defeating Sarkeesian. If you got a chance to beat Saban, he was just like small town, like NAIA coach from South Dakota, Midwest guy like me, and he just went up the hard way, and he's just won everywhere he's gone. He's just like I don't like Washington because I'm an Oregon fan, but I I like Galen DeBoer. Um, I think that he, in general he's such a class that. act, and he's just such yeah. a good coach, and he's always been. And it handed, he wasn't handed. Um, cut off. Um, he wasn't handed a silver spoon. He like literally had to go through the like the lowest ranking. Um, end of football and made it all the way to the power five and and he's been 24 and two in two years so um, you know just seems like that guy is gonna with a first round quarterback and first round receivers could figure out a way to pull this one off if it was uh, Texas and Michigan I just don't know about Alabama because Alabama just has better people Well, I mean, the journey begins on New Year's, so we'll see what happens with that. Now, I do got to play devil's advocate with you guys real quick, only because, well, we hit on every other team. We got to hit the Cotton Bowl real quick. You pick an Ohio State, you pick a Missouri. I'm, I'm picking Ohio State. Not enough guys opted out to tilt it all the way in Missouri's favor. Okay. What about you, Tao? I didn't hear. So sorry. Did Did you hear me at the end there? Because my headset cut out. Yep, it did. Okay. We heard you. Yep, your your yeah. whole talk. Okay, cool. Um, yep. Yeah, because I couldn't hear you when you started talking. I was like, "What is Alan saying?" So what did you ask right I, now? I was asking what. What's your prediction for the Cotton Bowl? Oh, that's Missouri versus uh when is that game? It is Friday at eight o'clock. Friday at eight. Um huh. how many guys are playing for Ohio State? I think it's everybody. Uh, McCord and Harrison. Everyone on defense. Oh yeah. So they're not sure Kevin. about Marvin. They're not sure about if he's going to play or not. Although the thing that was funny was that Syracuse game, McCord was on the sideline for that, which that was – I got oh, a pretty man. good laugh out of that. So, 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 Deb, Devin Brown playing, uh, I guess we don't know what we're going to have of him. Um, I mean, Ohio State is better people. but it's been, Missouri's been an impressive team this year. I actually really like Eli Drinkowitz. Um, I like that offense. I like those receivers. Um, they're gonna come out to play. They'll come out and they'll 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 come out. This is a big game for Missouri. They haven't been here for a big game like this for quite a few years. Um, Ohio State obviously, you know, didn't go to the playoff. Always kicking the butt for like one of the elite power teams. Um, I mean, Ohio State's better. But you just wonder sometimes if a t- team that really wants to be there is just going to 
if you said they had more opt-outs than they did have the starting quarterback and their all-American wide receiver opt-out. So those are two two pretty significant opt-outs. And the offense wasn't exactly as up to the Ohio State's part. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say Ohio State, but I don't love it. Yeah. I don't love it. And that line's pretty close. So, so obviously some of the fans are having the same kind of uh, trepidation. Um, yeah, I don't love it. You just you just don't know what teams show up in uh, bowl games anymore. It's kind of why I'm looking forward to the playoff being expanded. It's going to yeah, force at least tw- you at least have forced twelve teams to show up for those games. That's definitely true. I mean, it's going to be interesting no matter what. And I just was uh, looking at our uh, group that we that I'd made on here. I am now in second place. Because Santiago, I guess, made one pick above me, so he's now fourteen and nine on thirteen and eleven. So we're gonna see how that goes the rest of the uh, tournament, but. It's been pretty I good. Mean, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to predict the bowl games because of the opt-outs. Right. It is. I mean, I've been, for me, I'm just thankful I'm uh, above 500 on that. So, you know what? I will take that as a win right now. Also, Tyler, I have not forgotten about the $20 I owe you because of that wager I made early in the year. So, what, I will make was, sure you get your money. What was the wager? It was twenty dollars about Oregon gonna be that I said Colorado was gonna beat Oregon at Austin and you laughed at me <laughs> and you should have. Oh my god. Yep, yep. I, I haven't forgotten. I'm gonna get you your twenty dollars. Don't worry, sir. I, I, don't, I don't even want yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it, it was my own fault. I admit it. I admit it. Uh I own when I make mistakes, and well, at the time that I thought that they were buying that like Colorado Kool Aid. Yep, exactly, exactly. I remember I, I, I drank the Kool Aid. There was legitimate newscasters that I actually respect saying stuff like, "I think Colorado might have a chance to win Pac-12 and have like saying crazy, giving crazy predictions, all because they beat TCU, who ended up being five and seven. Yep. Man, it just goes to show sometimes the so-called experts and especially just the media, they get rolling on something. Oh, my gosh. Like, it was, yeah, I mean, and they Colorado just turned out to be just pretty much a scam. And, and weren't they talking about Shadur Sanders being like a first-round pick? <laughs> yep, yep. That, and then they were talking about, I guess, his brother who's a safety wasn't he like a third or fourth round pick, something like that? Well, he actually does have to go to the draft. Shadur's coming back. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just remember it was on hyper, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Or Big Noon was there. College Game Day was there. The Colorado State Colorado game had like the highest viewership for a game at that time in like a decade. <laughs> and then they go into. Oregon, and I think that was like one of the most watched games this year, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was. and the act like landing speech is that amazing. It's like, where are you playing for 
we're 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 all about substance. We, they play for clicks. <laughs> we play for wins. But the reality of it is, Colorado wasn't very good. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I mean, that was why. Yeah. And what 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 are the other? Do we predict the other New Year's Six? What are the other ones again? Ole Miss oh, versus State. Once again, it's all about who is playing. Like, if you have too many guys opting out, you might be the better team during the regular season. You like Florida State doesn't have a chance against Georgia. I mean, with the amount of guys they have opting out, they they're 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 going to lose by like forty points. I don't even want to watch that game. Um, and then I think Penn State has quite a few guys, so that that probably will put them in a tough situation against Ole Miss. So mm-hmm. it's just it really does matter if you if you have a bunch of your best players not playing. I mean, that's tough to win that bowl game. True, and then you have uh for the Quest Bowl on on New Year's as well. You have LSU going against Wisconsin with a ten and a half point spread. You have the sit. Just bowl with Tennessee and Iowa. Tennessee yeah. is the favorite of a seven and a half point spread. But see, I, I see. I'm not going to take Tennessee in that game because uh, Joe Milton's not playing. Not that he's amazing. And, and Nico Lamavola was a top end quarterback, but a true freshman going up against the top five defense. I don't like that. That's yeah. yeah, but the thing is, Iowa, <laughs> their offense can't score to save their life. Yeah, they can, they could they could score fourteen. I just to to walk in and play like a real a great defense with the excellent um, uh, schematics coach, like the defensive coordinator. I mean, that's a tough position for a true freshman to walk into. <laughs> I would not have them be seven born favorites. Fair enough. I mean, that's why, like, uh, basically, we have uh, starting tomorrow, we have Boston College going against SMU in the Fenway Bowl. You have Miami going against Rutgers in the Pinstripe Bowl. You got Kansas State going against the Wolfpack in the Pop Tarts Bowl. In the Alma Bowl, you'll have Oklahoma going against Arizona. That's a Peter good Boy. game. That's yep. a good game. Now, you don't have mm-hmm. Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma, but Jackson Arnold is pretty good. Yeah. And Arizona is – Arizona might be the favorite going into the new Big 12. They are. Yep. And then uh, – They should be. Them <laughs> or Utah with yeah. Cam Wright to come back. Right. All right, then on Friday you have the Gator Bowl with Kentucky and Clemson, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Notre Dame going against Oregon State, the Otters on Liberty Bowl with Iowa State and Memphis. See, the Cotton Bowl we just talked about, but yeah, go ahead. So, so like that Oregon State, which had a good year, they're a good team, but DJ DJ can never say his last name. Um, <laughs> Uh, Aiden Childs is gone. The backup, the head coach is gone. I mean, that they're they're going to be rough walking into the Notre Dame game now. Sam Hartman's not playing for Notre Dame, um, but still, I think Notre Dame's going to have. I just don't see how 
Oregon State can win that game with all the people that left. Right. It's really unfortunate because some of these teams had really good seasons and they have guys that are their senior year. You know, they had a good season and then their coach leaves, their starting quarterback leaves, the backup leaves, and like they're stuck with this like shell of a team for their last game. That does kind of suck. It sucks for that sucks for those guys. Like the Florida State get like the players in the team that are Mm -hmm. gonna play with that team against Georgia um on uh New Year's Eve or two days for the day before New Year's Eve. That they're just not playing with the same team that went yeah. fourteen. That's so. true. That and uh, think about the Music City Bowl. You got Maryland going against Auburn. That's just I mean, kind of an just... game. <laughs> well, I mean, Talia's not even going to play in that game. Oh, he's not. I believe I thought he already declared for the either. I think he declared for the draft already. Oh, he did. Okay. I thought he did like a week or thought he did a while ago. I mean, Auburn's not that good, though. Who knows how that game turns out? But yeah, I think uh, of those games you mentioned, the one. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I think the one that I'm interested in is Ole Miss versus Penn State. Obviously, it's a New Year's Six game, and if enough players play for Penn State, I think that'll be a really good game. I'm just worried yeah, that you, just worried about too many guys sitting out. So on the thirtieth is the Toledo. I can't hear you. All right, uh, Sports Arizona Bowl. That's Wyoming and Toledo. Oh wow! I'm just so excited for that game. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't know how I can contain my excitement myself. So, my goodness, I've been just waiting but, for that like the whole ball ball season. Uh, did you guys watch the uh, Texas State game last night? By any chance, going against Rice? Um. Well, the head coach for Texas State. He was the quarterback for my uncle in high school, GJ Kenny. So I mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I saw him and I was like, oh, there's GJ, and that's about all. <laughs> How did the game end up? <laughs> Texas State blew the doors off the of rice. Oh, good, good. It was that's forty-five a- to twenty-one. I mean, the second half. That's his first year there. The- so good for him. Well, they had two interceptions. Uh, one player for Texas State. Had two interceptions returned for touchdowns. I think they had six and five or six interceptions total against Rice. It was, it was a beating. Well, I mean, yeah, that's his first year at Texas State, and that means I think he finished about like nine and four, uh, eight and five, eight and five. Okay, well, I mean, for first year, he took over. Yeah. I think a pretty crappy program. That's pretty good. Exactly. He's, exactly he's, a, he's a young guy. He's only about 32, 33 years old. So if he can turn that program around, he could set himself up for a much, you know, maybe a Texas Tech or a Baylor. You have to think Baylor's going to be looking for a coach of a round that doesn't have a better year next year. Mm-hmm. So. 
you know, another time I got to get you back on so we can do uh, another coaching carousel. We just got to get Bob on here as well because that, that was fun last time. That well, and, we uh, got the we got the NFL coming up, so exactly, exactly. We can probably hit that another time. Uh, well, fellas, I know that uh, it's bedtime basically, but I appreciate both you guys coming on and. Uh, Want to make sure wish you guys a happy new year and uh, keeping track of the sports. Um, if I can get you on for a few minutes next week before the before the uh, national championship game, I'll do it. But depends on your schedules. But I do thank you for coming on today, so that we could hit the uh, games hard one last time. Yeah, I'd like to at least make it on to give a prediction because I'm I kind of had I I didn't. Give a prediction, so sure we can definitely do that. I think it'll depend pretty much on whatever the matchup is. Okay, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'll get in touch with you as I always do, and then uh, just depending on your schedule, if you can, that'd be great. If not, hey, worst case, you can send me uh, what you think the prediction will be for the score, and I can always read it on the show just in case for you. So. Right on. I'll be coming back from New Orleans. Uh, I'll be at the game on Monday night. And Oh, you are? Already, nice. I already got tickets to the title game. So oh, you you're real. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you buy them through the school, you you have that one opportunity to not only get the semifinal game, but the, the title game. You got to buy it all at once. Obviously, I don't get charged if we don't make it, but in order to get your tickets – through the university, you got to put in for all of it at the same time. Well, that's cool that you get to go out there. Yeah. That that should be a heck of an experience. Yeah. I was at the last one. and Were you at the, were you at the Pac-12 championship? No, I was at the Apple Cup. Um, okay. I was saying, yeah, I was at the last time we made the playoff uh, against Alabama. So hopefully this goes a little better than that. Oh, you were, you're at the one at uh... – um, in Georgia, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty much a home game for them. <laughs> this is going to be a home game for Texas, pretty much. But, you know, it's going yeah, to be, yeah, a, gonna be loud. Yeah. That does kind of. Yeah. Why didn't you guys get the Rose Bowl? And that's just a whole nother show in itself. Yeah. <laughs> what I think the playoff yeah, committee. I know. Because. Yeah, the Rose Bowls, they stuck. So, yeah, Texans gets are very favorable, which if you made them go out to the Rose Bowl, it would be a lot less favorable, correct? So, yeah. and it, But I then get, I guess, if you gave the number one seed Michigan the sugar next to where Alabama is, that's kind of – so, yeah. yeah. It is what it is. Yep. Yeah, win for losing a lot of times, unfortunately. But like I said, fellas, I wish you a happy new year. Uh, last thing I'm gonna say is for the fall sports teams, congrats to the national champions. Women's volleyball, you had Texas. Men's water polo, you had Cal. Men's soccer, you had Clemson. Women's soccer, Florida State. Field hockey, you had North Carolina. Cross country, individually, you had men. Grand Blanks from Harvard and Oklahoma State for the team. Women for the individual, you had Parker Valvey from Florida. 
and the team NC State had a three-peat. But uh, look forward to being able to get you guys on again. We'll see what happens for the playoff. Hope everyone has a happy new year. This has been the Top 25 Rundown. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>